0: been using uh, 2 Corinthians beginning with chapter 5 so why don't we turn there again 2 Corinthians chapter 5 beginning with verse 11 sermon title today is a real exciting fun and wild one not my life anymore I'm expendable that's a faith statement isn't it it's a faith statement just to have to say that isn't it let's all say that together it's not my life anymore I'm expendable. <laughs> yes, yay! Exciting. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll get there sooner or later. Second Corinthians chapter five, beginning with verse eleven says: "Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience." We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but we are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. This may sound like something you've heard before. Turn over, keep your finger there in in 2 Corinthians. Flip over to uh, Galatians. uh, Oh my goodness, I didn't put the, the chapter in my notes here. Galatians something... Uh, verse nineteen. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. Somebody, somebody figures it out. Tell me where it is. Starts out for the through the law. I died to the law so that I might live for God. Anybody see that? Anybody find it yet? Help. Everybody. Is it up there? Oh, two. Galatians two nineteen. There you go. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. This is no longer my life to live as I wish. When I received Christ, when I allowed him to, to, to really, truly be the Lord of my life, I ceased living. I had a real interesting phone call. It doesn't, doesn't usually happen for me this, this way, but I got a phone call yesterday during lunch. And a young man called me and he says, Hey, Pastor John, somebody told me to read, start reading in John, in, in John, the book of John. And I just ran across something I don't understand. What does it mean to be born again? This guy's not a Christian. He's just been asking a lot of questions. Somebody I've met, somebody who's, who's desiring to know more about God, and he goes, I was just wondering, what does it mean to be born again? I said, that's a great question. I'm glad you called me. Well, what it means is that you were born a second time. That means you died. That means at some point in time, you were dead. You're dead to the old things in your life, the old man, the old ways of living, the old uh, plans and purposes that you had for yourself, and you're born again to Christ, and you have a new way to live you live by new set of rules a new uh, pr- a set of priorities there's a new way to live you are born again to a new life it is no longer you who live but it is now christ who is born in you born to life living through you for your life new life new way of living new plans new purpose it's no longer anymore I had to die to myself. I had to die to my plans. Anytime, anyone who's ever been, you know, claims to be born again, if you've chosen to allow God to be the Lord of your life, your life passed away. And behold, all things have become new. A new life. But what happens then is you lose claim to what? Your life. You don't get to call the shots anymore. You don't get to be the boss anymore. You don't, you don't get to be the one who says, I'm going to get up to tomorrow, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to live this way, and I'm going I'm to act that way. No, you go, you, when you, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because he first loved me and gave his life for mine, my response must be daily, your will be done. Your will be done. What does that look like? What do I mean by that? When I wake up in the morning, I must be mindful that God has an agenda for my life. Do you know when you woke up this morning, God had a plan for your day? Now, it might look a lot like your plan, but then again, it may not. And that's where the conflict comes in. That's where the the opportunities for choice come in. You woke up this morning and you thought, hey, I want to live my life this way. I know I do. You know, a lot of times we'll, you know, just as we're going to bed at night, we'll say, okay, what is the plan for tomorrow? I mean, you you got kids going this way and family members going that, and I'm going this way, and you got all these things going on, and somebody's going to come and do this. and, And, you know, if you don't think it through, you'll get into the day and all of a sudden realize you forgot a couple of things, and that's bad. So we'll say, well, what's the plan for tomorrow? And we'll, we'll set our plan, you know, who's going to pick up whom, who's going to do this, who's going to go there. But you also, every morning, have to wake up and say, Lord, your will be done. I have my plan, I have the things that I plan on doing today, I have the places I plan on going, I have the things I plan on uh, participating in, but Lord, you have the right, because you are the Lord of my life, to change anything you want, anytime you want. And I don't know about you, but that statement, that, that comment, that belief, can be kind of scary sometimes. Because what if I don't want to do what he wants to do? As an ambassador, we talked last week One of the definitions of of ambassador of of the Roman times, not not a modern day ambassador, but an ambassador in Roman times that Paul was talking about, they were an individual who represented the king, much like ambassadors we understand, but they were sent into a hostile territory, usually a war zone, to declare the intentions of the king, of of the ruler of the day. They were sent in to do his bidding, to say his words to the enemy camp. And one of the requirements that they understood and that everybody else understood is that they were expendable. If the foreign army didn't like what they heard, they could kill them. That doesn't sound like, well, I woke up this morning and I planned on doing this and this and this. And the king goes, no, I'm going to send you into the enemy camp today and you just may die. Oh, good, yes. Sweet. That sounds like fun. No, it doesn't. He's called us to be his ambassadors, and we need to die to ourselves because you go into it going, I could die today. Maybe not a physical death, but you could, you could die in a, in a, uh, a self-preservation way, My will be done, my will come, my will be done on earth just like it did yesterday. And then God steps in and says, oh, by the way, I want you to change your plans. I want you to go do this today. Oh, no! No, I really, really, really wanted to do this today. This is what I plan to do. Lord, you know, I'm sure it's not you. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And he says, no, I'm pretty sure I know what I want you to do. I want you to go do this today. And you have a choice to make. You have a decision in front of you. An ambassador, as ambassadors, we are expendable. My ideas are expendable. My hopes are expendable. My plans are expendable. Now, they may line up with God's hopes, plans, and ideas. And that's great. That's wonderful. Because that means then you're, you're following the mind of Christ. You know his character. You know what he desires. You know how he leads you. And so you just choose to you know, start thinking of the way he thinks. And he doesn't have to nudge you very hard. You just go, okay, yep, you're, you're leading me in this direction. That's, I felt that, you know, I, kind of that's the way I've planned my life. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live flexible. I'm going to live pliable, I'm going to live uh, moldable by him, and I fully expect at some point during my day things are going to change. And he may direct me in a way that I wasn't expecting, but I am expecting the unexpected. And so I'll follow him, and I'll do what he tells me to do. Expendable. I looked up expendable, I just thought it'd be interesting to, to look that up. It's an adjective. It means able to be sacrificed to, ob- to ob- achieve an objective, especially a military one. Able to be sacrificed to achieve an objective, a military one, especially a military one. So he's looking at us as our lives are expendable, which means he can sac- we can sacrifice our day to achieve a goal that God has for our life that day means I have to give up my desires for this moment. and Oh, and I'm going to give you some examples, so get ready. Just anybody, if you don't have your shoes on already, you know, the steel-toed ones, you may want to get those on. I'm just giving you fair warning. But I'm going to point them all at myself, because I know that you're doing everything God's telling you to do. So I'm just t- talking hypothetically, and I'm going to use myself so that, but if the shoe fits, I mean, go ahead and wear it. But we're to give up our life. Verse 15 again says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. This may sound strange to you, but when when I made the decision once and for all, that's it, God, you get my life, I give up. I've messed up my old life. I've, I have screwed it up bad enough. I know I need you in my life. I know I need you to be the Lord of my life. I know from this day forward, I want what you want. You lead me. You guide me. You tell me what to do. And I'll do it. Whatever it is. And at that point, I felt, I sensed a calling of God in my life. I believed I would be a minister. I believed I would minister somehow. Now, I never thought it would be this. I had my own ideas. I had my own plans. <laughs> yes. A traveling minister on a motorcycle. Hallelujah. <laughs> exactly. Right, Byron. But I got rid of my motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I sold it, yeah. That's a whole other story. I know, I know. It's okay. Breathe. It's okay. That's you can buy mine. <laughs> At thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, where was I? What was I talking about? Oh, God, you can do whatever you want me to do. I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll, but I felt a call. I felt like God was calling me to do something, you know, be in ministry. I thought it would be on the foreign mission field. I really did. You know, some people say, I'll follow you, God, but not to the mission field. I felt, I wanted to go to the mission field. I love to travel. I think it'd be fantastic, as long as it's warm. <laughs> and then I met my wife. And we began to talk about being you know, married and so on. And, we, and I said, you know, I just want to let you know, I feel like God is calling me into the ministry. And she's like, that's fine. I, just, I, I, I agree with that. And I said, I feel like God is calling me to, you know, possibly, you know, on a foreign mission field. And she goes, wow, that would be exciting. And I said, yeah, somewhere warm. And she goes, no, 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 somewhere cold. It's like, what? Why would God call you somewhere cold? I don't get it send me lord to the islands you know, have you ever heard that song <laughs> so we get married and then you know through a series of events I, the lord you know i mean it wasn't the lord necessarily it was the lord but it was also my wife going you're going back to school all right our life has to change here you're going back you need to go back to college i was like yeah i, I think i probably should do that okay so i need to go to a bible college because i have a call of god on my life right i need to go to a bible college so I said, okay, so I started praying about it. Rhema. Lord, you, I know you're sending me to, to Rhema. I know that you're directing me to go to Rhema. And so I went and I, I got the, you know, I, uh, got the uh, Rhema application, and I started to fill it out, and about halfway through, the Holy Spirit said, stop. I said, what do you mean, stop? If you're, if you're a Christian and a believer, you go to Rhema. That's what happens, you know. Is there any other choice? Hello? Hey, 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 just settle down over there. (laughs) But I just, I was like, this is crazy. Okay, well, maybe it's not there. Oh, Christ for the nations. Hey. Christ for the nations. That's it. God must be leading me to Christ, because, I mean, that's ministry, that's Bible school, you know, because he sends every Christian to Bible school, right? Especially if you're called to be in a ministry. That's what he does. That's how he (sighs) leads. So I go and I get the, the application for Christ for the Nations and I start filling it out. About halfway through, the Holy Spirit very clearly said, stop. What? What do you mean stop? Now I'm frustrated. Because I want to follow God. I want to do what he wants. And he's, I know I'm very clear now. It's, he wants me to go to school, so he must want me to go to a Bible school. And if it's not Rhema, then, you know, the, the next, well, then there's, you know, Christ of the nations. No, it's not Christ of the Nations. Oh, then I heard about this missionary school in Florida. Florida, glory to God. Warm. <laughs> but they specifically train people to go on the mission field. But oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I've been missing you this whole time. I need to fill out this this uh, application. So I start filling that one out. Guess what happens? Stop. I don't get it. Now I'm getting now I'm getting mad. Because it's like, God. If it's not, I mean, what is there? Then I heard about a Bible school in Canada. Okay, okay, it's cold. Great. Okay, we make her happy. It's a Bible school that trains people to go on the mission field in Canada. I start, no, stop. And I'm like, what is going on here? I'm trying to do your will. I, but he keeps saying, no, that's not the direction I went. So all of my plans, all the things I thought had to happen was not what needed to happen. But I was frustrated because I knew what I wanted. I knew what God wanted me to do. I wanted to be in the ministry. The Lord's leading me in that direction. Why would he not lead that way? So if I finally stopped, hello? And I said, Lord, where do you want me to go? If it's not these places, what do you want me to do? Very clearly, the Holy Spirit, I heard the Holy Spirit say, UW Stout. Okay, I got kicked out of Stout, okay? Okay. Because I was partying too much. All right, don't listen to me, son. Just don't listen to this part. All right, <laughs> you will be in trouble if you ever do this. I was partying too much. They can't, Stout was a party school, and from what I've heard, it still is. I want you to go to Stout. Right, that makes no sense whatsoever. And it took me quite a while to finally go. Okay, Lord. And as soon as we started heading in that direction. Open door, open door, open door. Provision, provision, provision. Boom, we were there. It was miraculous. Just, it was like, it was amazing. But what it did was it got us in a place where we lived in River Falls, Wisconsin. Where we just happened to hear about this church, Abundant Life Church, or at that time, Communion of Saints. Where I just happened to meet Pastor Dan Dennison. Where I just happened to get involved with the youth group. Serving in the youth group. Libby and Chris were the youth leaders at that time. After I graduated from college, I know, all all the credit goes to Chris. It does, it really does. (laughs) (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? My way wasn't the right way. My plans weren't the right plans. God knew where I was supposed to be, and I would have been somewhere else if it had been up to me. I had to yield my plans. I had to stop when he said stop. And I had to go where he told me to go. Many of you can can identify with that. Things you thought you were supposed to be doing, even if it was the right thing to do, and all of a sudden you realize that's not the right way, and you go somewhere that you don't really want to go. I didn't want to go back to Stout. There was memories there. There were issues there. It was funny because... (laughs) This is, okay, I had gone for two years, I stopped for six years, and I went back. So that's eight years from the day I started. One of the first days on campus, I saw a guy that was there. He was still there. (laughs) And I'm walking through, you are kidding me. Okay, his nickname, just to give you an idea about his character, his name was Igor, okay? So that'll kind of give you the, you the sense of, I walked up and I said, you're not going to believe this. Igor, how are you doing? And he goes, "Ho! Oh, like you've seen a ghost. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what are you doing here? I said, I'm back. He goes, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our plans are not his plans. Not always. Sometimes they are. His ways are not always our ways. But whenever those two things clash, guess what's supposed to happen? We're supposed to yield. We're supposed to allow him to be the Lord of our life. That is a big fancy description of one easy word, and that easy word is obedience. We're supposed to obey. That song was running around in my head all day, and I was thinking is there some way we could sing it, but it would just, you know, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Now it'll be going around in your head all day. And I'm glad. It's a good song. We need to obey. Now that sounds wonderful when you sing it in that song. But when there's something you don't want to do, it's not fun. It's hard. It's hard. This is not my life anymore. And it's not just because I'm a pastor that my life has, he has to be the Lord of my life. My life stopped being my life May 26th of 1986. And I wasn't a pastor then. I was just a guy working in a factory following God. And it stopped being my life at that point. If you don't realize the magnitude or the ramifications of your decision to make, that you made for Christ... To make Christ the Lord of your life, when you did it, you have an opportunity to take back that resolution. That's kind of a convoluted sentence, probably not the best way I could have written it. Let me say it a little bit plainer. Some people get sold a bill of goods when they become a Christian. Somebody explains Christianity to them that, you know, if you get saved today, you won't go to hell. That's all there is to it. It's a free gift. It costs you nothing. All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ. Accept the love that he gives you. And from that day on, you're saved and your life's just going to get better, better, and better. They lied to you. They lied to you. It's just a a bold-faced lie. Because if you become a Christian, it's going to cost you everything. From that day forward, it costs you everything. But it's worth the price. I've been doing this for over 40 years, been walking with the Lord in one one way or another, and I can guarantee you it is the right thing to do. It's worth it. There's people who are here who have been Christians longer than that. It's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it. It's worth it. It is worth giving up everything that you are to gain everything that He is. It's worth it. It's, It's not even a fair trade. We give up this old junk, and he gives us life everlasting, hope, peace. But he also it costs us our will. And that's the hardest thing for us to give up, is I want, I will, I deserve, I get. I need this, so I want it, so I'm going to get it because it's for me. I need, I, 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 me, I." It was the first sin. I deserve the apple. I deserve to know the difference between good and evil. Life and death. I want that. It looks good for me. And I'm going to take it right now. I don't care what God said. Because I know what God said. God said, if you do this, you're going to die. And the opportunity is there to take back your choice. You can walk away. You can reject the lordship of Jesus Christ. But you need to realize the ramifications of that. Just a little pressure this morning. The thing is, we make that decision every day. We make that decision many times a day. Either, yes, Father, your will be done, or, no, God, I won't do it. I know we didn't really want to be confronted with this this morning, but the church has been putting off this subject for far too long. And then we wonder why we are ineffective and unproductive. We wonder why we find ourselves walking around and just going, I just don't know why this Christian life just doesn't seem to work. But I can tell you right now, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. There's only one person to blame here. Well, there's actually about 120 people to blame here. It's me. And it's you. And it's you, and it's you, and it's you. And it's our own fault. Because God's trying to lead us, He's trying to take us where we're supposed to go. And we come up against this opportunity where he's given us a choice. He's given it to us. It isn't that he doesn't give us a choice. He gives us a choice to follow or not follow, to obey or not obey, and it's your choice. And sometimes we say yes, and sometimes we say no. The key is saying yes. The key is obeying, even when it doesn't make sense. I wish I had time to tell you every time where God's caused me or brought me to a place where I've had to make a decision that did not make sense. And then where I was, he gave me the grace, or I was smart enough or whatever that I made the right choice and said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. And the outcome of that is amazing. But it's not God's fault when things don't go the way you want them to. When things turn out bad. It's not God's fault. He didn't drop the ball. He did not fail. He said in his word, I know the plans I have for you, the plans to bless you, to prosper you, prosper you, to give you hope. He did not, he, has, he does not have plans for your life to stink. And to be ineffective and unproductive. Now, I, you notice I didn't say that he didn't, you know, that his plans, his plans do include times of sacrifice. And they do include times of pain. I'm not going to sell you a bill of goods here. I'm going to be very true, be very honest with you. There are times when it's not fun. But it's in those times when it's not fun that it's many times the most effective. The most productive times of your life. Times when I've suffered. The most seems to be when God also produces the most fruit in me and through me. When I come to the end of myself and I can't do it anymore, I can't, I, I just I can't be nice anymore. I can't say the right words. I can't, it's I just can't, oh, I can't do what I, I in my own strength I can't do it. And I finally throw up my hands and I say, God, you do it through me. And he goes, I've been waiting for that for a long time. And we let him do it, and it's amazing the fruit that comes out of that. The life that comes from it. Verse 16. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Once again, Adam and Eve's first sin was not submitting to God's leading. They were not obedient to his will. And that disobedience is rebellion. When we are not obedient to how God leads us, it is nothing less than rebellion. It's rebellion. It's not well. God will understand. You know, He wants. He gave us a free will so that we could just make some choices ourselves. And I know that's not exactly what God wants, but. I'm just going to do it my way, and I know, I just, I'll ask him for grace. That's what I'm going to do. I'll ask him for grace and mercy. I'll, 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 you know, I'm sure he'll understand. I'm just a human. I'm just, you know, dust. But what we're really saying is, no, God, I'm the boss. I get to call the shots on this one. I'm leading. You get out of my way. That's rebellion. I want to do things my way, God. If God tells you to do something, we have a choice to make. Will you or won't you? And the lives of billions hang on these decisions every day. Thanks for the extra pressure, Pastor John. But it's the truth. Our obedience has consequences. Our disobedience Through Christ's obedience to God's plan, even unto death, he became sin and took the punishment for it for us. It was his obedience. It was him saying, not my will, but your will be done. Because from what we read in scripture, his plan was, there's got to be another way, God. If if there's another way, uh, we can do that. I'm okay with that. But not my will be done. through that act of obedience on his part that all of us have the ability, have the opportunity for eternal life. He made us righteous, made us the righteousness of God. So you might be asking, how does this work out in real life? I'm glad you asked. That is a great question. Wonderful question. Every day you have choices. Every day you have opportunities. I am becoming more convinced that the role of the church is to give opportunities. When Paul wrote to the Ephesians and said that he gave, you know, uh, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers and pastors, to train up the saints to do the work of the ministry. The job of the church, my job, is to give you opportunities. To... You know, there's all kinds of opportunities outside of church, but there's also specific pointed things that the church can do to help you grow into the person that God's called you to be, and it's to give you those opportunities. You notice I didn't, give, I didn't share any announcements today, and the reason is that I want to talk about the announcements in the light of this, in the light of God has a calling on your life, and we have opportunities, and here's why we do these opportunities. These opportunities aren't just to fill a calendar. These opportunities aren't just because I don't have anything better to do and I'd like to have a bunch of people come over and do some fun things tonight. These opportunities are to give you uh, opportunities to follow God or not. To grow, to give to give you uh, 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 experiences that stretch you, that pull you, that cause you to grow. But it's also opportunities for God to see where your heart is. Now, I'm putting it on pretty hard here, and I'm going to put it on even harder in just a second. But there's also a balance to what I'm saying, and I'm going to share that at the same time. For example, tonight is an opportunity I know, but I, there's a football game on, Lord. What time's the game this at? Is it afternoon or evening? Afternoon. Shouldn't be a problem then. No problem. We just took, is it 3 o'clock? You might miss the end. <laughs> tonight, tonight we're having a prayer training here at the church. We're having an opportunity. Some friends of ours, Reverend Dennis and Leanne Cry are going to be here. I didn't realize it was playoff. I mean, I don't even think it was, after about September, I quit thinking about the playoffs. So I don't know what you guys are talking about, playoff game tonight, all right? Uh, it's just, I know it's only a Packer game. Yeah. Go Pack. I'm, I'm for you guys. I'm, I'm, I am, I really am. Tonight we have an opportunity. Reverend Dennis and Leanne Cryer are going to be here. They're going to teach on prayer from 6 until 7.30. They're going to teach on prayer for a while, and then we're going to give, have opportunity to pray to, to pray together. They're going to lead us. These guys have been praying in the body of Christ for years. They trained under, they, they prayed with uh, uh, brother and sister Phil and Fern Halverson, who were Kenneth E. Hagin's prayer uh, intercessors for many years. These guys prayed with them, uh, studied with them, asked them questions, were led by them, and uh, from, I've never met Phil and, and Fern, I met Fern many times, but I never met Phil, but people that I talked to who knew him said that these guys pray just like him. It's amazing. It's powerful. Tonight we're having an the opportunity, they're going to be here, we're gonna, we're gonna, they're going to teach on prayer and we're going to have opportunity to pray. Now, here's an opportunity. Here's the balance in all of this. Just because there's an opportunity doesn't mean you have to be here. And just because you're not here doesn't mean you missed the opportunity. You see what I'm saying? I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot because I'm a pastor and I want to fill the place up. But I'm also going to tell you the truth every time, aren't I? We need to be led by God. And God may lead somebody to be here, and somebody else he does not lead to be here. For anything we do, for anything we're a part of, he may lead, and we have the freedom, everybody say freedom, to do what he leads us to do. Now, he may, God may tell Carrie, stay home and watch the game, Carrie. But he may tell Greg, go to the prayer meeting, all right? Now I pick on Greg because he knows what I'm, he knows my heart. I'm not saying, Who, I, you get my heart here." Here's an opportunity. He may tell you to do it. Now, you may be the biggest football fan in the world, and God says, "Go tonight and you're going, "Oh man, I feel like I'm dying inside." Exactly. Or you may be the biggest you know, biggest football fan in the world and the Holy Spirit says, nah, don't go. Just stay home and watch the game. And you're going, yes, God loves me. Yes, he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. <laughs> but it's about freedom, but it's also about obedience. Because there's all kinds of opportunities. There's actually too many opportunities in this world, aren't there? There is. You know? When, you know, years ago when we were at a, at, at a different church, there was something going on every night it seemed like, all the time and I finally, you know, we, were, we talked about it I said, you know what? Someday if I'm ever a pastor we're going to not do something every single night. Because we need to have freedom to be a family. Be a neighbor. Be a co-worker and have somebody and get together with somebody and be able to speak to somebody like build a relationship with people around you. You have to be able to do that. So we don't have stuff every night. But Here's an opportunity. If God leads you tonight, come. You won't regret it. I guarantee it. If He doesn't lead, enjoy. Have a great night. Another opportunity coming up. We have a mission trip coming up this summer. Dates on that are June 29th through July 10th. Mission trip to Hungary and Romania. There's going to be two teams, one team is pretty much all made up already. From uh, people that are either know they're going for sure, or people that are praying about going, it's going to be made up predominantly of youth and chaperones. They're going to be spending most of their time in Fod, Hungary, working with the church in Fod, and with other ministries that uh, Ilozo, uh works with. Pastor Attila's church works with. There are going to be orphanages, children's ministries, outreaches to the Roma people, and then having uh, fellowship times and fun stuff at night with the youth group. Team two. We'll spend most of their time, and that, that team can be made up of whoever feels led. I had somebody ask me yesterday, uh, is this a men's only trip this year? No, it is not a men's only trip. Men and women are invited, husbands and wives. Anybody can come. Just because, you know, it's no age limit, no, you know, it is open to who God leads to come and be a part of it. We'll leave on uh, June 29th, We'll be going to some of the same places at the same time, but in the middle of it, we're going to be splitting up and heading in two different directions. One, the youth will stay, or the the team one will stay in FOD and minister throughout that whole week. Team two is going to be going to Romania, Sikahed, Romania, where we'll be doing construction work and other stuff, whatever other stuff means as the Lord leads. Next week, We're having a meeting of anybody who's interested and anybody who's committed. Everybody who's committed for sure has to be there. Anybody interested needs to show up too to ask, answer questions, hear what's going on, and we're going to be talking about it. The first payment due is three weeks from now. So you're going to want to know about all the details. Don't wait. If you're just, I know some of you have already talked to me and said, we're going, we're in, we're a part of this, And and there's already a handful of people It looks like between the two trips, we already are going to have over 30 people going on this mission trip. It's exciting. I'm excited. This is going to be so awesome. The more I talk to the people over there, the more I find out what God's doing here. It's just, it is so exciting what God's going to be doing. Some of you already talked to me. If you have not talked to either I or to Brian or or somebody, talk to us and, and, and let us know. We'll answer your questions. You need to know soon so that you can start making plans, you know, looking at the money and so on and so forth. Talk to me this week. Give us a call at the office. Greg knows a lot of, a lot of the information. Uh, Brian knows a lot of the information. I know a little bit of, I know a lot of the information. Call us, talk to us, see us, whatever you need to do, because we're moving now. It's starting to move forward. Some of you who have not talked to us, have not said anything, are supposed to go. I just know it. Because God wants us to grow, to give us this is an opportunity for you to see the hand of God move in your life in a way you'll never experience it any other way. But it's also freedom. You may not go. You may do you might be a part of it another way, prayer, financially, whatever. But here's an opportunity. If God tells you to go, go. If He doesn't tell you to go, don't go. That would be bad. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get it in your head. Oh, I know. A, I need to go on a mission trip. I'm going to go on this one. Don't do it. Be led. Let Him lead you and guide you. Last thing. Last but certainly not least. Next week. Next week, we're going to be doing a baptism here. Next Sunday. I'm going to say something very bold because I mean it. If you are born again and have not been baptized, you need to get baptized next week. In the New Testament, when people got saved, they got baptized. Getting saved is the first act of obedience to God. It is. We have, it's an obedience thing. Because he gives us lots of, lots of opportunities, lots of uh, uh, moments in our life where we can choose. Choose God or choose you know, my own way, my own way of living. And he gives us those opportunities to say yes to Christ and to be born again is the first act of obedience. And according to the word, the second act is baptism. Whenever you saw somebody get saved, they immediately said, you need to get baptized. Or the people realized and said, I need to be baptized. What do I need to do? Whether it was the Ethiopian eunuch, whether it was the the jailer, uh, with Paul and Silas or whether it was you know the the multitudes whenever people got saved the, they, they just the, the Jesus said go into all the world preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit you did that that's what you know I can't I don't I can give you all of the biblical theological stuff that I understand but it just seems strange get saved go dunk yourself go get get yourself dunked in water sounds weird from a worldly point of view but in a spiritual point it's obedience It's time to get baptized. Following Christ one step at a time. If you don't, here's where I get bold. It's rebellion. It just is. Now, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to, 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 you know, coerce you. I am trying to tell you that there are choices in life that we have to make. Some of them are easy. Some of them are not. Some of them are fun. Some of them are not. But obedience is not up to us. It's up to him. He leads, we follow. If you wonder why your life is missing something, if you wonder why your life is is not as effective or productive as you want it to be, it probably is rooted somewhere in disobedience or rebellion. And it's time to change that. Let's stand. Call the church office. Let Pastor Greg know. Let whoever answers the phone know that you're going to be being baptized next week. We can give you some hints, some helpful hints, what to wear, what not to wear, what to bring. If you come next week and all week long you're arguing with yourself, Arguing with God and you don't want to get baptized and you get here and God says, it's time for you to get baptized and you realize, yeah, I better do this and you don't have anything to, cl- to change into, it's going to get wet. <laughs> We've had that happen before. We've had people go, I need to get baptized right now and they came up and they're, what they wore and they went home and wet what they wore. That's what it is. And they were fine. They actually survived. I think some have been during the summer. I know a couple have been during the winter. So, Yep just the way it is it's obedience folks and it usually doesn't fit into our timing it usually doesn't fit into our plan and our purpose but God is saying this year I want you to get serious this year is the year right now today is the day of salvation today is the opportunity for you to to yield your life and allow God to lead your life once and for all choose wisely Let's pray. Lord, we need your help. My guess is, Lord, there's all kinds of battles going on within right now, because I know there's some things going on in me right now. Help us, Lord. Help us, Father, to obey you where we can't do it in ourselves. Help us. Father, I ask for grace and I ask for mercy to be able to do what you're asking us to do in whatever area of life that is. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Need help with the chairs? Take the.